Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. Today's guest is Natalie Woodman and she was back on episode 14 of the podcast. So scroll back and listen to that to hear her full story about her own health journey and and how she became what she is today, which is a, I call her the rain man of gut health, your gut microbiome specifically. She's a nutrition, a holistic nutritionist and naturopath, and she always blows my mind with her knowledge. And I talk to her for far longer than I should have today, because we both have <laughs> the gift or curse of the gap. I absolutely love talking to Natalie. She is She's just so knowledgeable and fun and vibrant and incredible to chat with. I have done her protocol myself, her gut rebalancing protocol, twice uh, throughout the last, since she was on the podcast. And I absolutely love her work. She talks so much in this episode about how an imbalanced gut microbiome you know, is linked to so many of today's chronic diseases. I think from my own knowledge, I think your gut microbiome is responsible for like 70% of our immune system. So when we have chronic disease and illnesses and ailments and inflammation, most of the time it's because our gut is not working properly. And Natalie is the person to talk to when your gut isn't working properly. So when you have anything from allergies, hay fever, diabetes, muscular aches and pains, high cholesterol, blood pressure, eczema, asthma, allergies, rosacea, acne, multiple sclerosis, all the things, Crohn's disease, bowel disease, everything, most of it starts from us having a, as Natalie would talk about it, a soil, a soil in our gut, so our gut microbiome, the bacteria in our gut, the wall, you know, everything isn't working properly. And unfortunately for most of us, we've spent a whole lifetime not eating enough fibre and not eating the foods that nourish the good bacteria in our guts. And so we end up having leaky guts and permeable gut lining, all those kinds of things, which cause all different kinds of other things. There is so much to it. And I get so excited by it whenever people like Natalie on the show, Robin Shooter is another one, people on the show who can really talk about this in depth. I love speaking to them because it's such a fascinating area that I only became aware of in my own health journey after my diagnosis with multiple sclerosis and talking to my GP at the time and saying, you know, why did my body do this? Why did I get this chronic disease? Why do I feel so awful? And he said, you know, well, there's a big chance that it's to do with your your gut microbiome. And when we did a, a stool sample, TMI, sorry, we found out that there was the, the good bacteria didn't read on my test. So there was zero good bacteria came back when it was tested and there was thousands and thousands and thousands of the bad bacteria. And I was absolutely just shocked by that. And I've been on that journey of healing my gut for a very long time with pregnancy and breastfeeding, all these things in the way. And people like Natalie are doing that incredible work, helping to people become more and more aware of what is happening inside us all the way, you know, our gut microbiome starts at our lips, all the pipes that go from your mouth all the way down are housing more bacteria than human cells, uh, which is fascinating. We're more bacteria than we are Corinne Nidja. So it's it's just incredible, fascinating area of study, which I 
can't get enough of personally. So I'm sorry if you can get enough of it, but you can just tune in for the next week's episode, which I don't want to share just yet. You'll have to wait and see who it is, but it's going to be good as well. So just make sure you're subscribed so that you can listen to that. But Natalie Woodman, you can find her at nataliewoodman.com. And she is has there, you can join her for her program, for her gut rebalancing protocol. And she is about to launch a new program, a pilot program. So you have to make sure you check out her website over the coming weeks and months to make sure that you find out her, all about her new program, which is basically one where you can do it yourself in your own time, um, which makes it suitable for everyone. And it's such a great price. And it's going to be all the things that you get within the gut rebalancing protocol, except that you don't get her incredible ongoing support. You just get all of the her beautiful, beautiful, delicious cookbook recipes. There's eight cookbooks, I think, and her podcast and information and resources. And there's so many things in that that are invaluable if you're wanting to heal your own health from the inside out, but you're feeling like you don't want to be limited by time or placed into a group environment or just feel like there's too much pressure doing it with someone, this is a way of doing it by yourself where you can just shop, cook and eat the recipes and heal your gut from the inside out or by yourself in your own timeline, which is such a wonderful, wonderful offering and I know that you will love every single thing that's within that package when it does come out. So keep your eye out for that or just message Natalie and be put on the wait list for when that comes out. So she sends you information about when that's coming out. That's a really, really, really great. It's going to be really wonderful. So definitely sign up for that if you're wanting to do a program but not wanting to be part of a group or not wanting to do it within a certain time period. Uh, that would be fantastic. But otherwise, join her gut rebalancing protocol. And that's at www.nataliewoodman.com. And I'm sure you can find her on social media as well with Natalie Woodman. Otherwise, let's just listen to Natalie Woodman because Ranjit's going to crack at me for how long this interview went for. But I hope that you enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast episode with everyone you know who probably has a leaky gut because they're always talking about how bloated they are and how gassy they are and how uncomfortable they are and how constipated they are and tired and sick and miserable and unhappy. Natalie has all the answers in this episode. So check them out. Bye. Hello, Natalie, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Corinne. I'm always excited about talking with you. <sighs> I, I, we've Obviously, we've been talking for ages before we started recording because we do get, have so much we could chat about. So it's... We probably should just let it, let it go because I'd get a whole education about raising kids, <laughs> swearing. I know. The smack or no smack debate. I know. Like, probably just should have just had it running and had them gone, wow, oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that this conversation's very juicy. We should have kept it on. But no, we, we, you were on episode 14, if I'm that's right. That's a while ago. And where are you up to now? This episode is, 50. Oh, my goodness. This is episode, I have to look at, you are, <gasps> milestone episode, episode 90. Oh, my gosh, you're amazing. That's great. Fantastic. Episode 90. And I was so excited to have you back because, well, number one, I absolutely love talking to you the first time. And I think I mentioned you in many, many episodes since then. <laughs> I, I mentioned you and I refer anyone who's like, I've got a bit of bloating. I'm like, well, www.nataliewoodman.com. <laughs> 
I just call you the gut rain man in every episode. Great gut rain woman. Yeah. And I'm so excited to have you back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. So episode 14 was a long time ago. So mm. if you want to give people a bit of a recap about, I've obviously given you a little introduction in the start, but I think it'd be best if you could give a bit of, bit of introduction to who you are again for anyone who hasn't scrolled all the way back to episode 14. Sure. And listened and, yeah, let's just talk about gut health until our guts are healthy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm a holistic nutritionist and naturopath and my focus is on the gut microbiome and, and what we know is gut health. I suppose people talk about gut health and really about teaching people the how because there's so much as we've talked about this people are confused they they go out and they go should I do this don't should I do that and how's this and all the rest of it and my job is to separate the myths uh from the the truths um to tell people actually just this is how the body works so you can you can talk about it any which way you want but this is the way you put food in it goes down your gullet that's it there's no you're not ingesting food through the ends of your fingers you know this is just the way it works so this is the way it works, the science of it, but also about the how. Because we hear these things, we sit there, we listen to experts, and this, and it's great. I mean, I do too. I love listening, having the knowledge. But how? And that's be because I used to be a teacher. My job was to say how. Someone was like, well, how, how do I learn my times tables? Right, this is how we'll do it here. We'll, we'll show you about dividing an apple up into four slices and how many, your eight slices and you've got two friends over and how many slices are you each getting and things like that. Practical ways how because it's very easy to look at all the knowledge and then just throw up your arms and go, well, I don't know. So mine is to show how and to explain to people and, and, your, and your listeners now that the gut microbiome, we are more bacteria than we are human cells and it runs our body. And when we look after our gut microbiome, our gut health, everything falls into place. And, you know, I've had clients with all sorts of dish, uh, conditions, you know, from high cholesterol to obesity to IBS to, um, you know, hypertension to Hashimoto's to Graves to, uh, I mean, I just the, the Lyme disease. I mean, you name it, I've had it. And they come and we work how and they come out the other side and go, oh, my God, that's amazing. And it really, I often when I talk to clients, I say, if you've ever watched that movie, um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yes. The gut microbiome is like the guy, you know how he's got Windex yeah. and he's like Windex, he cleans, he puts it on a cut, it'll heal a cut, he'll do this. It's sort of like the Windex of, of, of the world, which is that people go, oh, but I've got this. And I'm like, doesn't matter. This is the underlying, it's like the soil in your garden. It doesn't matter what you're planting. You can plant carrots or basil or eggplant or anything. But if the soil is not lush and beautiful and providing all the nutrients, things aren't growing. So my job is to fix the underlying soil to actually the, the very core. So it doesn't matter what you've got, everything falls into place because it is the system that helps with the – it metabolises 
nutrients, vitamins and minerals. So people, that's why people say to me, I, I, you know, I've been doing this thing, but I, I still feel terrible. And I'm like, yeah, what you put in and what gets absorbed, they're two different things. And you've also, and my how is also to explain all the very other things about how you eat and stress and all the rest of it. If you don't take a holistic view of your gut health, then you're, it's like you're, you're putting petrol in, but you're never putting water in the radiator and you're not putting any oil into the thing. So eventually, okay, it's still running, but it's going to blow up. If you don't address, and I know that's hard for a lot of people, you don't want to be, you, you think you have to choose one thing that you focus on, but over time as you get healthier, then you go, okay, now I'm going to address, like we were talking about, you know, as I go on and I parent, I'll address not going crazy and yelling at this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it under wraps. But you learn by doing and it's a journey. So, yeah, so the gut microbiome is your microbial. It's like you're in a garden. I talk about it as being the, the soil of the garden. And once you create this lush, beautiful soil, so you can have most people have got an inner garden that looks like a sandy bit of the, you know, the Amazon that's been blasted by a flamethrower. It's sandy. It's got nothing in it. You couldn't, you can't grow anything in it. You can grow weeds, which is pathogenic bacteria, but you can grow very little. So it's not doing anything for you. Or you can build a soil that you look at that you pick up and it's rich and moist and got worms through it and it's full of like all these microorganisms. And so your plants flourish because they can harvest the nutrients out of the soil so the same thing if you and the wonderful thing people say to me oh but I'm too far gone I'm this I'm that the body is infinitely repairable that's the wonderful thing about the body you can it doesn't matter how far people go oh but I'm too far gone or I've got this got no 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 it's you can repair and restore that's the wonderful thing about the human body every single day Cells are being born and they're dying and bacteria are being born and they die. It's the cycle of life because, and, and I say the same thing about the garden. If we, if you believe, okay, my garden's fucked, we'd all do nothing. But it's not. You, My garden looks pretty shocking at the moment. It's got weeds and like that. So do I give up and go, oh, well, that's it. It's no good. Or do I go, come on, let's get in there on the weekend. Let's dig out those weeds. Let's get a bit of, you know, stuff into the soil. Get some mulch and some sea soil and whatever. And let's get it back into thing and grow again. It's infinitely repairable. And if people can look at it that way, I think it gives us hope to find a way in which to do that. But there are basics of the of the gut microbiome, which is it eats one thing and one thing only, our, our, our bacteria, our beneficial bacteria that are good gut flora or whatever you want to call it, is it, it, if, we, if we fix that, it fixes everything, but it has one food source and that's fibre. And it's like, it's like your plants. Your plants grow from the sunlight and water and from the nutrients from the soil. And the same thing, the gut microbiome grows on fibre. If you don't give it fibre, it's not growing. And unfortunately, in this day and time, we have reduced our fibre to a ridiculous amount that even the Australian reference values say, you know, oh, 15 to 30 grams of fibre a day is ample. But we know that when we look at 
um, tribes in Namibia and countries that have got no disease and amazing health is they're having upwards of 100 grams of fibre a day. And but So people go, oh, okay, okay, good, but how? So this is where we have to get back to how because it's easy for me to say, look, I want you to have 100 grams of fibre, this many grams of protein, this many, this many, and that. People go, okay, but what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. How? Because you look at that, people are like, what are your macros? And you're like, I don't know. I wasn't born thinking no, about macros. You don't need to know your macros. You just need to know what – once you start feeling it, you get it. People are dissecting food. I always say to people, back in the 60s, or my grandmother, if I had have said to my – my grandmother died when she was 94, and if I had have said to her, how many um, – and she was Italian, she had a very Mediterranean diet, and I, if I had have said to her – so do you know how much protein you're getting in a day? She would have actually said, what is protein? What's, what's protein? Mm, exactly. Or how many? She would have gone, what? So we knew nothing and we were ridiculously healthy and now we know everything and we're on death's door. So it's not <laughs> working for people. All you have to do is start eating and showing how and what a healthy meal looks like and you take it from there and then you feel your weight. No one's dying of a protein deficiency in the Western world. We're dying of a nutrient deficiency. Yes. We're dying of a fibre deficiency. Yes. So you're, you're never going to go without protein. It's As you know, it's in every plant. You're not going to die. Um, so, yeah, so that's really what I do is to try to show people and, and, and in while showing them, teaching them. So when they get the recipes, they're reading, they're, they're listening to the information and understanding, oh, so it's it's taking people on a journey to fix something and can reconnecting with your health and understanding, oh, okay, if I eat this way, I feel this. When I ate that way, I felt that. Well, that's a brainer. Exactly. And that is something that I talk about a lot on this show because we don't I'm sure you on your own if you listen to episode fourteen, Natalie talks more about her own health journey which led her here to where she is today. But you know, I'm sure you know yourself when you, before I went on this journey to heal my gut and to, to a whole food plant-based diet, I had no idea what foods made me feel good, bad, anything, bloated, fine, alert, whatever. And it wasn't until I started, started on this road that you're like, wow, you know, this oil coats my tongue, which I never noticed. It feels heavy in my guts. I don't enjoy it. I feel sluggish after I eat it, those kinds of things. Or I didn't know that certain foods made me bloated, certain foods made me fart more, certain foods made me constipated. I had no idea. Tired, I had no idea. And so one thing I love I love about your program and the work that you're doing, and it's what I've talked about so many times, so I'm sorry if I'm beating the same drum, but it's talking about that getting you to notice. Yes. A consciousness and awareness because what happens is, and the same way as me, I came home, glass of wine, order Chinese, do this, do that, busy with kids, all the rest of it. And because everybody was doing the same thing and it's that mass mentality and everyone was farting and burping and, you know, you were more constipated and you felt like shit and you got out and you're like, oh, I'm so tired and you dropped the kids at school and everyone was tired all the rest of it, that became the norm. And so I thought, well, that's normal. But when you take people through a food journey, and, and they start learning about how good good feels, it's actually almost impossible to go back to where you were because as you start doing it, and not saying that you, you eat better, I get people that come out, they feel amazing, and I think someone said 
today in my group, they said, oh, they were, they've, they've finished, they they feel great, they had all these positive health outcomes, but they noticed in the last week they were really busy, they didn't drink as much water and they didn't probably eat a, a variety of different things and they started feeling a bit tired and sluggish. Now that person knows firsthand and they know, but they've got the tools to get back on there. We all know that exercise is good. We know how to walk. So we just have to go, oh, I've got to get back out there again. So it's about learning how and understanding that life is life and life happens. But have you got the tools to get up and get on with it? Can you change a, a, a tyre? So if you're winner, you teach your kids as they're older, I've got teenagers or old, you know, grown-up kids now, they all know how to change a tyre because if they're out in the middle of nowhere, they know how to do it. They're equipped with the skills when something bad happens or when something's, you know, out of their control, what do you do? How do you manage? And if you don't know how, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really tough to... Yeah, it is. And I, but, but I think that that noticing, I think some people think that you're a failure especially in whole food plant-based eating, I think it's an important thing to talk about, that you're a failure if you've been doing it, even if you've been doing it for 10 years and then you have a donut. Yeah. Because the thing is, it is that not- that noticing is a success in itself. Even if you've been, you know, you've lost 20 pounds and you've been doing so well and you know how good a whole food plant-based diet is, you listen to this podcast, listen to, you know, you've done Natalie's protocol and then you've gone off and you've had, you know, a bottle of wine and a tub of takeaway on a holiday or some nightmare that isn't like fine it won't make you you'll you'll suffer the consequences yourself of course you get the physical oh my god I feel horrific but you know like like Natalie's saying you know exactly what to do to realign yourself and to recalibrate yourself and to get back on the track which is the biggest gift you could ever get I think you know how good good feels you the, the other bit is highlighted. It doesn't mean it doesn't. It's, we all know if you drink too much, you're going to have a hangover. You're going to feel shitty the next day. We all know that, but you know the skills of what to do to get out of it. But now it's not to say that then that you condone that. It's like I don't condone my kids doing certain things, and you say no, that's not good, and you need to say please and thank you. You don't condone these things, but they're teaching things because, or else, what we're saying to people is that when you stuff up, well then you're. It's like my garden. Oh well, that's. It's stuffed up now and it's all weedy, so we'll forget about it then. You're 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 a lost cause. It's not. It's understanding and learning that we're all human. You know, we you know we lost a friend recently, and you know after the wait, we went and got hot chips at the down the beach. The beach now the beach. What a fucking stupid thing to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was more than that. We sat there. We wanted these hot chips and da 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 and all the rest of it. It doesn't mean that. It, and the next day we were like, okay, oh, let's get smoothies and this and that. But it's not a failure. It, and, and it was the most ridiculous thing to do in the face of how I had a friend did die, you know. But you, life is life. You, we aren't perfect, perfect, light-infused, constant beings, always, never, never erring. Now, people always say to me, do you eat? Do you have it? I'm like, nothing, I, nothing is off the radar. But... I feel really good every day, so I'm drawn to these things. When I was felt bad, I was drawn to a glass of wine, a pizza, a Chinese takeaway. I was addicted. All that, my pathogenic bacteria were addicted that whole cycle because we know now that pathogenic bacteria 
inform eating behaviour. They actually manipulate taste buds to make us, because quite often when people start the protocol, and you've, you've heard where people will say, oh, I hate mushrooms, I don't like mushrooms, I'm not eating mushrooms. And I'm like, it's like talking to my kids again and say, don't care, you're eating them, you know, shut up, just stuck them down your gut, hold your nose if you need to. It's your pathogenic bacteria that have hijacked your taste buds and have made you do that. At the end of the protocol, they go, I cannot believe it. I love mushrooms. I love miso. I love broccoli. I love all these things that they said they hated, they're fine with. So we know that our pathogenic bacteria hijacks the vagus nerve. It changes the way we think. It, it makes decisions for us and all the rest of it. But once you slowly change, 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 not that you don't go, you know, crazy in the first couple of weeks, um, and but once you change that and you and you feel the good stuff, the great thing about it is that while pathogenic bacteria changes those mechanisms, good bacteria change those mechanisms too. So they change the taste buds. They change the way you think. So the more you eat this way and whole foods and, and you know, plant-based, all this, you want more. So we always go, oh, I feel like... You know, I made a paella last night. Oh, man, I, you crave, I feel like a smoothie. I feel like it. And you can't imagine that. That's trying, like trying to tell an alcoholic. You'll never feel like you want alcohol again or you'll never, you don't get it until you're out the other side. But you're, you can reshape your whole gut mapping that it then informs your choices. I don't feel like a pie or a pasty or Chinese. In fact, when I think about those things, it actually makes me gag a little and I feel ill. Now, had you told me the alcoholic, swilling, chip-eating, sausage roll-loving, Chinese-addicted to the end of my... My used to kids used to say mum's favourite shopping tool is the phone because it was... Uh, no, mum's favourite kitchen tool is the phone because I'd ring up and get Chinese. But if you had told that person back then that you would be eating this way, that's like telling a smoker, well, once we do it, you'll never smoke again. You can't understand the concept. You go, oh. so I just say to people, forget about what the future looks like or what, that's trying to think about how your three-year-old is going to look as an adult. It's not, just give it up. Give it up. <laughs> give it up. Give it up. What, how you, just do it. Just, just shop, cook, eat. Just do it. Eat it. Yeah, and then at the other side, you'll go, holy shit. It's so true. My girlfriend was just talking to me today, and she's like, remember when you used to come to my house with pecan? They weren't pecan pies. It was this bizarro pull-apart yellow sponge with, I think it had custard and pecans and white icing drizzled on the top. From It was like a packaged coal Safeway, Safeway plastic yeah, yeah. container open lid. Oh, yeah, like everything... <laughs> Like, like nothing real. Nothing real. All discussed. And I, I said to her, oh, I'd forgotten about that. That was my thing when I went to your house. I would get one every single time and I would eat the whole. We, we would just pull it apart and eat the whole thing. But now the thought of eating that is just. It makes me feel ill. But, but then yeah. I would have to be on my death's bed. Be like, get me or hook me up with one. of. I wouldn't even want one then. But. But it's impossible for that that Corinne two thousand and what was it two thousand two Corinne can't couldn't fathom two thousand and what is it now nineteen Corinne 
No. There's no point even worrying about it. I say to people, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just this is this is what we're eating. Don't worry about how, you know when you overthink things and how am I going to think? Is this going to happen? Just just do it, or else you've got to understand. You know that when you're learning, when we're teaching our children. You, you don't teach your child how to walk. They do it. They feel it. They fall over. They do these things. That's the natural way of learning. So the natural way of learning is let's map. This is how. Let's do this and roll through it. And once you start feeling it, and that, it is making mistakes as well because kids make mistakes. Yeah, I get people to fill out a personal health assessment and assess their own health as they're going through because I said. The reason why you need to do that is because you will very, once you feel better, sometimes you forget how bad you felt and you actually have to look at that and go, wow, oh, not only is this gone, my aches and pains are gone, but my post-nasal drip is gone and my skin's healthy now and this and this and this and this. And then you go, oh, okay, now I understand. It's so good. And I love that tool in your program. I love filling out that form and being like, holy yeah. cow. People just go, holy shit. They go, oh, I didn't realise I had all these things wrong with me. And I said, that's okay. The first step I can remember away. when I finished yours, your program, and I said, look, I just thought that my farts would smell amazing at the end. And you were yes. like, well, I'm not, I think you said I'm not a miracle worker, unfortunately. <laughs> They didn't, everyone, if you're listening and wondering. <laughs> yeah, I know. My part too. So my husband was like, okay, that's just not good. You need to look at the other room. You know, but the thing is, is that what I say to people is like we get to a point of, you know, like transforming your health and really excellent health. But if you ever think that you're never going to fart or burp or bloat because of something, because there's so many other factors like stress or that you ate quickly or that, that inform the way the body metabolises foods. When you're highly stressed, there's an increase in cortisol, digestion is shut down by a third. Well, if you shut down your washing machine by a third, then the clothes are going to come out not as clean, not as good, a bit dirty, a bit this or that. The spin cycle doesn't work as well. It's... There's lots of factors that inform the way we do this. But what it, the difference is, is coming out the other side and going, my clients will say, oh, I had this and I got bloated, but I knew what it was because I was really stressed and I ate it really fast and whatever. So it's the knowledge of yes, knowing. Yes, exactly. And that's a, it's, it's powerful. And I got the, a girlfriend of mine, and she's always says to me, Corinne, ignorance is bliss because she wishes that I would tone it down because I'm always like, did you see this horrible thing? <laughs> and she's yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to have seen it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to I don't want to know about, about it. it. Yeah. But then, recent- <laughs> and then recently she said, oh, you know, I'm realizing she was listening to a, an, a, someone that she respects who said people who say ignorance is bliss are idiots because it's ruining the planet because everyone's just got their eyes closed, head in the sand, and she's just like, oh, now I know that I need to not always be ignorant. But when you were saying that about rushing and parenting, and I'm thinking of her because we, we're all, we've both got young children and we're rushing, 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 and so we're all. I think I can speak for so many mums at this point in our lives when our kids are at primary school, kinder, high school, you know. that. And I've been there, done that. Yep. Yeah, you've done it. So you're in the sh- eye of the storm and it feels like, like this rene- – it feels like being in a tumble dry, <laughs> you know. Oh, I know. I know. I don't know how I came out. No wonder I was like bloody totally – had was nearly dead at 44 because I was just like – 
kids will do will. that to you. But you know, you're right. We're thinking, why can't we lose this weight? But as you say, you know, we are functioning on, we're, we're shoving food in our mouth off the floor between school breaks. Yeah. And we're not pre- present when we're eating it. We're just woofing it down. Then we're like, why are we bloated? And we're, we're super stressed about school drop-offs and can we, the commitments with the school com- committees and the work and our jobs and our kids and our husbands. And are we being present enough in our marriages or our partnerships? Or are we being present enough with our kids and in our jobs and in our, are they having enough screen, too much screen time, this much screen time, that much, you know, are we yelling too much? So the cortisol is going for me, I feel, and I've got this TMJ issue that's just constantly making me in fight or flight mode all the time. That alone, for all those women out there who are saying, I just can't, I'm a failure, I've got no willpower, like, listen to Natalie, you know, you're putting your spins, and we're not not getting enough sleep because we stay up too late on our own screens just to get a moment of peace from our children. Yep. And then you're up waking to them. Yeah, I would love the toilet so much. Yeah, sit on the toilet. And, in fact, you really want a smelly poo because when your kids walk in, they go, this stinks. And I'm like, okay, good, get out. And I'm like, okay, I can go back to being peace and quiet, just sit here. Reading. So, you know, can you please go more into that? I think it's super important that women, especially men as well, but everyone knows that sleep and stress – and, you know, eating fast, all those things that we do because we're not getting enough sleep and we're not eating properly but we're not and we're highly stressed, how that impacts on the gut microbiome because just those two things alone, I imagine, greatly wipes out our soil. So what happens, you know, one of the things that I do, you know, one of the things inside my um, uh, protocol is about it's called digestive dominoes and I say to people, that it's that same thing. People go, oh, I do this, I do that. I'm like, no, it only works one way. So I'm letting you know it only works one way. When food goes in and how it processes and it comes out the other end in the toilet bowl, you're no special. You're all on this earth and you're all the exact same. doesn't matter what colour you are, what race, what creed, what sect, it all works the same way. And once you understand that, you have a better view. So one of the most important things to do, which is really hard as a parent, and if, when I say to parents, I say, look, we just try and do, it's like, do you never exercise or do you do just do a little bit where you can? And that's what I say to people. Do as much as you can when you can. So when you're sitting down with the kids or whatever, try and eat this way. So put a spoonful in their mouth, put a spoonful in your mouth, put your fork and knife down, whatever. And the, the reason is, is that, our digestive juices that break down the food, that pull out the, 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 the fibres that our gut microbiome can use, relies on a series of processes like dominoes. So when you hit the first domino, if you ever watched, you know, the, um, the Guinness Book World of Records, you've seen the failures where they hit one, it didn't hit the third or fourth one and it didn't work or they work all beautifully in, innocent, in unison because they've got to line up. So when we eat, part of the looking and touching and smelling and feeling. And that's why kids generally have a very good digestion because what it is is they're in the room while food is being prepared. So all that they're looking up on the counter, they're looking at the food, they're seeing the colours, they're smelling it. And what happens, and, and I always say to people, remember as a child when your mouth watered. Now, think as an adult, when is your mouth watered? People go, I can't remember the last time my mouth watered. Because mouth watering is from looking, smelling, and just even, you know, as a kid, remember, you used to just put your hand up and grab a bit and run away, and your mother said, don't touch that, the way we're not oh, my God. <laughs> yes. you know? 
But that mechanism made the mouth water. The mouth watering was the first step of digestion, which was salivary amylase, salivary lipase, that starts breaking down the carbohydrates and the fats. Because just like your washing machine, if I buy a washing machine and I take it home and I put it in and I plug it in, I'm like, done. No, 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 no. I've got to connect the water. I've got to put some powder or soap nuts or whatever I'm using to do that. I can't stuff it full because if I stuff it full, the water doesn't get to some parts of the washing and it doesn't clean. I've got to have the right amount. I, you know, I've got to pre-wash it if it's really stained. Well, the body is the same way. It's a bit like a washing machine. It takes different steps. If I don't look and smell and taste and get my mouth watering, then that part of your digestion, the pre-wash cycle of your washing, didn't happen. So the end result will never be perfect. We've all had that. You know, my kids used to stuff in. I've had four washing machines because as teenagers, warning parents out there, do I know you say kids, well, do your own washing, but unless you want to spend four times $900, $3,600 in replacing washing machines, just, I don't know. Either monitor them or do it yourself because they will shove everything. They will gather everything off the floor in their room, everything, including it'll be a, there'll be a flask in there. There'll even be a, a leftover banana. It'll be something. They just scoop it up. They shove it in the washing machine and then they put their You're foot t- in to Oh, no. So they can This is your animal it. kids and though, Natalie. Mine are going to be angels. They won't do that. Yeah, I know. I think it's maybe the same and then, of course, I got the guy oh, out and he said, oh, the, he said the, the, um, the drum is busted. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, they've overloaded it so many times that it's burnt oh, out no. the ball bearings, blah, blah, blah. You oh. can't fix it. So the same thing is we stuff, we do it quickly. We stuff in so much food. So think about the stomach. When there's room and it has to move around like a washing machine, it moves around in circles and then it also flips it up and up and down. If it, up and down. If anyone's got a thermomix, they'll understand. The, the, the traditional blenders pull everything down to the bottom and goes, but a thermomix goes around and around and up and down so that everything equally gets broken down and that. The same as a good washing machine, it's around and around and up and down. So the stomach does the same. Stick and stuff that stomach full of food, there's not the space. And that's also when food starts coming into the stomach, each one of those cells, it's not a tap and it just empties with gastric juices. It slowly lets out, but it's triggered by the first part of the salivary amylase and salivary lipase coming down. And the stomach goes, oh, food's coming. Right, come on, guys, let's get into action. Come on, you parietal cells, we need to start letting out hydrochloric acid. Okay, we need gastric, gastrin. Okay, we've got the stomach acid to a certain time now. It's slowly gone. The stomach acid's gone five, four, three, two, two. Okay, pepsinogen, come out. We need you to break down protein. Doesn't get down to that. Guess what? You can eat protein until the cows come home. It's not breaking down. Guess what happens when protein's not broken down? It putrefies. What does that mean? Bloating, gas, etc. So this is why you, if you only deal with just the food and don't look at other bits, you will you you don't you don't really fix things. And so one of the very big things I, I talk, and that's one of the first things I do with 
about how to eat is, yes, you won't. I, I sit there and my husband and I went out for breakfast this morning. I'm eating, I'm eating. And then I was three mouthfuls in going, oh, I'm like a pig at a trough. Mm-hmm. What are you doing that? And then I stopped and put it down. I'm, I'm years into this and I still make mistakes. It's not, a, like we said, it's not about beating yourself up. And then I said to my husband, I said, uh, knife and fork down. And he goes, oh, right, yeah, yeah. So it's just the more you do it, the more it becomes part of everyday thing. But what I say to mothers and, you know, or parents, whoever's just getting driven mad. Yeah. Whoever, even if you don't have kids, we all eat like this. Before I had kids, I ate like this as well. I've got no excuse. I'm blaming my kids for my poor eating habits. <laughs> yeah, I like to blame my kids too. That's why you have kids. Exactly. So you can blame them. Exactly. I blame them for everything. <laughs> um, so what it is is that it's, you know, I, I'm doing a talk next week at the Little Shop of Plenty here in Perth in Maylands called Digestive Dominoes, the, the art of eating, you know. And I get people that do that and afterwards they go, I can't believe that. I just changed that and my bloating is gone or this is gone or that is repaired and I feel so much better because it is a big part of it. So exactly the gut microbiome, the little beneficial bacteria that live right down, very down, the very bottom, right near your anus, in your large intestine, rely on that food from your mouth going all through that process, arriving there as undigested fibre so it can eat it. Now, if you stuff up the, the, the bits beforehand, it doesn't arrive in the same way or you have putrefied proteins that your pathogenic bacteria say, woohoo, it's like, you know, hot chips for everyone. They're like, wow, this is great. And it, it, you'll see a growth of pathogenic bacteria and that inflammatory cycle continuing. So it's very much going on a journey and learning all the different factors. It's like the sand in your garden. It's not just, you can't just fix the soil. If you don't ever water that garden ever, it's going to dry out. If you don't ever have sun on that area of the garden, things are not going to grow. So while the soil is the number one thing, because if it's sandy, shitty soil, nothing's growing. So what I say to people, why we are fixing the gut microbiome with whole food, you know, uh, plants, fibre-rich, as you go through that, you'll start realising, oh, yeah, I actually have to put that. That basil's never going to grow in that spot because it's um, it needs more sun. Next time I plant it, I'll put there. And that's the thing for me. When I did Natalie's program, I did it twice, twice, I think, back to back. Yes. And the first time, and I'm still in the group, but the first I've done it five times. <laughs> I, I need to do it again because I had that surgery and it fucked everything. But but you, I did it the first time and I was like, I got this result, but that I, I think I had a medication or something I had to do. That wrecked it. But for me, a lot of what I took away from that, because I was already eating very, very similar, but not, it was a bit different. For me, was one, one that I, I love running, but it, 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 heightens creates systemic inflammation and, and creates a cortisol release that you don't need as a busy yeah mom. so it does that and now i'm addicted to it which is very hard so i'm still working on trying to find an exercise that gives me the same i don't know because it's hard because i love that i love the running high that i get from that dopamine is it i'm i'm not 
Yeah, but yeah, it's a dopamine. And it's the same thing. Like when I go out, you know, for me to sit down quietly and do yoga, I literally just about shoot myself in the head. But it's I, what, what I, I need. need. I yes. Walk. So I go out and walk, walk, walk. You know, I don't jog, but I, I walk really fast and I come home and I'm like that. But that's not the right thing for me. But it's the same thing. It's about choosing what is right. So, like, you know, you know that as we go through the protocol, at the very beginning, you know, we remove all the grains except oats. And the first thing that people say to me, oh, my God, is that bad? Oh, no, I've been having grains. Oh, is that bad? And I said, okay, stop, stop, stop right there. There is no such good or bad food. What we're trying to do is fix something. So you've come to me essentially when you're, you know, with all these health conditions. And I love porridge. And I love potatoes. And I was devastated when she said none of that for a bit. I thought, oh, my God. Well, you had oats, but you didn't have the um, yes, yeah, that's the potatoes right. and that. And people go, oh, potatoes and all the rest of it. And say, okay, what we're doing here is think about having a broken leg. And I use this analogy a lot with clients when I say to them. Okay, you, you, so I said, so what I, I say to people, what sort of um, exercise do you do at the moment? And everyone says, oh, I go for a walk. Some people jog. Some people go, oh, I go dancing and all the rest. I said, great. It's really good for your health, for your, you know, your soul, all the rest. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, now envisage this. You've had an accident and you've broken your leg from the hip down to your ankle and you've got a full leg cast. And the orthopedic surgeon says, no jogging. No walking, no dancing, no nothing, right? Now, I said, does that eat automatically make all those things bad? No, but they're bad right now. You're inflamed. You've got something broken. We're taking them away for the meantime. When you get your cast off, again, are you going to go straight into marathon running? No. Are you going to go do a triathlon? No. But will you start walking to the letterbox and back and go, okay, I can do that and it doesn't hurt. Then the next day you'll go a bit further. Then eventually you'll get back to where you were. This is the same thing as repairing the gut. We all want this immediate thing. We want it fixed now. But there is no possible way to do that. You have to be slow and steady. You have to take away those things that are causing. So there's nothing wrong with grains, but when you've got high uh, inflammatory system where we know that the gut microbiome works on more having a pathogenic bacterial profile, those guys access those quick sugars because they burn a lot quicker grains and they get fed. So it's like having weeds in your garden. I can either put sun on those weeds every day and water them and go, oh, I've got a healthy set of weeds. Or I could lay black plastic over those weeds, give them no sunshine, no water, and they'll be dead in a week, and then I can take off that black plastic, mulch up the soil, and get in the business of fixing it. And this is what we're doing here at the gut microbiome. You have to understand it only works one way. And so when people say, oh, well, I'm taking this herb, or I'm killing it with this, or I'm doing it that, I'm saying, well, then you just kill the good bacteria at the same time. It doesn't work that way. The same way as when you break your leg, okay, you can... You can have a wand over it and you can do crystal healing things and you can pray to the gods. You can do all that. But if you're not putting in a cast and immobilizing it for a minimum of six weeks, that, that broken bone is not getting fixed. You can do what you want. You can say what you want. But, you know, you'll go back after six weeks. You go back to the orthopedic and he goes, well, it's weird. You know, we've immobilized all the rest of it, but it's still, it's still, you know, shattered and it's not healing. And you go, oh, well, that's because I still kept jogging. And the, and the guy's going to go, are you a nut? 
And it's so hard. I understand that that's hard because I damaged my Achilles and I had to not run for 12 months and I wasn't allowed to walk up any inclines and I wasn't allowed to walk for longer. Yes. And it was hell because I like running. But yes, with what Natalie says, and it's so hard for people like me who love jogging or for people like me when I did your protocol and I was like, she is right. Because I, I did a run this morning and I wanted to. I didn't. I went for a run and I had this meeting to go to and I I was I needed to be doing yoga this morning. I needed to be calm. I was heightened. I didn't feel calm in the meeting. I felt super razzed up because that's what it does for me. It gives me a huge boost of energy. And when you come from multiple sclerosis when you've got no energy for 16 years like I had, it's such it's still such a joy for me to have the energy to run and to get that energy. So the thought of slowing down when I have been bedridden for 10 years with, with multiple sclerosis and fibromyalgia, I don't want to. I'm so still so thrilled to be able to have energy. So slowing down seems like torture to me, but my personality needs yoga more than it needs. And your protocol helped me to go, well, you know what, she's right. And I'm saying to people, look, just go out for a 30-minute walk. Don't break into a jog, even though you'll feel like doing it and all the rest of it. And as we do it, but then pick your day. So it's the same thing. If I'm feeling a bit weak today and I've got a bit of a sniffle, I don't go out and do stupid things. I support my body during that time. And it's about learning how to support. There's nothing wrong with a jog, but pick it. Don't do it on a day where things are going. <gasps> I mean, I recently did this mindfulness-based stress reduction. As you can hear, I probably really need it. And even my kids were like, oh, mum, God, you know, you're going to. And you know what? It, it was so, it was torture. I sat there and they were like, right, we're going to do this sitting meditation. We're going to do this meditation. Well, I thought, I'm going to shoot my, I'm going to shoot. I even said to the lady, I said, I feel like going postal. And it was funny because people go, what does that mean? In fact, most people didn't know what it meant. I was like, really? You don't know when someone just goes actually mental with a yeah, gun or yeah, this yeah. or that? I've, I've heard of it. That's what I feel like doing. Isn't it because postal, postal workers are the most common murderers? Yes. It's always the quiet ones, yeah. And so I said, but it was the I came out of this five-week intensive training, I could not believe the difference. Even the kids said, oh, Mum, this is spooky. You you seem relatively normal now. <laughs> you know, my husband's like, ooh. He goes, well, don't want to lose the crazy now, but, you know, I still like that. But what it was now is it allows me to pick on my days where I go, okay, I've been a bit, the day has been a bit low, I'll go for a really brisk walk. Or the day is really high, I'm going to sit here and do this. And this is the same with about the gut. When you get your gut microbiome healthy and you build it up to where it is, it's about you You have this awareness. I know it sounds a bit guru and sort of like, oh, I spiritual, I found myself. But it's just being in touch and you go, okay, if I've got a school meeting at nine and I've got to go there and get this and then this and talk to Nat and all the rest of it, going for it, a jog is not a, a squeezing in a fast 30 minute ba 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 is not a good idea. But I can do it. But guess what I could do? I could make a cup of tea or something like that. And guess what? I'm going to put my favorite thing of Netflix. I'm going to watch billions. Of, I'm going to watch a 30 minute episode and sit there and relax and go, ah. Now, that is a better option for your gut than anything else. And so people have to realize it's not it's a process of fixing and it's bringing in all these different things digestive dominoes understanding that exercise so 
exercise is really good, but high-intensity exercise, the mechanisms of how more blood flow gets to the muscles, to the extremities, to make them to work, releases cortisol, releases systemic inflammation. We know that that's a part of it. Yes, it's got other benefits and all the rest of it, but that is also a part of it. That would be like jogging on a broken leg. You'd have to be crazy. So what you have to say is, People say, come to me and they go, I've got, I've had this woman, I've got IBS, goes jogging all the time. I said, well, you have to stop that. She stopped it, it's getting better, better, better. It's great, great, great. Then she, she says, oh, I had this thing. I, You know, it came up again. I had this urgency and all this. And I said, oh, okay, we're looking at different things. And I said, have you been exercising? She goes, yeah, I just wanted to get straight back into it. And I said, do you not see the correlation there? It's not fixed. It's too soon. But she wants to burn that up. And I said, and I'm saying, go and do net. We're having this conversation over and over again. And she's finally now just understanding it and said, hey, yeah. It's like when your kid's like, you know, my son said, yeah, uh, you know, my roommate's so filthy and he's so <laughs> filthy, you know, and he's not cleaning up. And I was like, there is a God. You know, they finally click and they go, I said, right, yeah, that's right, because when you clean something, you want people to keep keep it nice, don't you? You want people to respect that. He goes, yeah, mum. And I'm like, so it's the same thing. It's Don't expect everything at once. Go through the journey. You know what good feels like now. So you lead, you, you eat that way because you know how it makes you feel. Does that mean that you're not ever going to blow out and have something or do something or whatever? No. But if you can go afterwards and go, oh, that's what it is. But what I get when clients come to me with all these things, they've got, got no, no idea. idea. Of what I had is. no idea. My job is to teach about the food, the exercise, the how you eat, the personal care products, everything, so that you go all these. So you could be doing. I recently had a client asthma. She's the woman. It's great. She's lost, you know, twenty kilos. And don't, no longer needs knee reconstructive surgery because all the inflammation's gone. The doctor's going, oh my god, and you know, all the cholesterol levels coming down. The C-reactive protein levels went from ridiculous high inflammatory to zero. All these things, but the asthma thing is still going. And I said, what have you done with your personal care and house care products? Oh yeah, no. And I said, but that is a major part of disrupting the bronchial airways as well as the gut microbiome, da-da-da-da. And so, and now she's got to that. So, and now she's, these last little things, she's going, oh, my God, now that's got better, now that's got better. So she will start learning. And it's like me. I used to be addicted to bleach. I could have like, man, I love that stuff. Now, I can't even walk down the aisle in coals because it gives me a chest pain because of all the cleaning products and that smell. Now, I couldn't have imagined that. That's like saying to my husband, who used to be, you know, a, a smoker, you're never you're never going to smoke or you'll never – you can't imagine it until you get there. But what am I implore people and your, and your people to do is say, stop looking for a quick fix. Stop – take your time and go through it. Some people can rip the Band-Aid off and get there straight away. Great. All power to you. I know people, my girlfriend went straight into like marathon running. She does that. That's great. I'm still like, I get halfway around. I think, well, I've done, yeah, probably about 5Ks. I'll go to a cafe now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like, I'm, you know, it, everyone finds their way of getting there. But it's, if you're looking for a miracle powder, pill, this, 
I did this, I did that. I'm telling you're delusional because the body only works one way. Start with going whole food. What is the whole food? Forget about the stupid celery diet. I was going to say to you, everyone's talking about the celery diet and you brought it up. Of course you can lose weight. Of course, if I had bloody water or celery juice, I would lose weight. I'd do this or that. But can you have – is that sustainable? No. Do you want tonight, like last night we had the Spanish paella, tonight we're having Mexican sweet potato with pico de gallo and guacamole. I mean, so when you go back to eating with all these other things, then you're doomed again. They're not sustainable. They are quick fixes that actually can be detrimental for the long term. For some people and for other people, see, if I did you know, drink celery juice for four days, probably be neither here nor there. But I'm pretty much pretty healthy, so it's not going to be that. But take someone that's obese or, you know, hypertension or high cholesterol or dealing with, you know, Hashimoto's or Graves or and all those things and put that on it, that's dangerous. So it's, it's horses for courses. We're all different. And... But you think it's a yeah. quick fix, and I love that. One of the things I've not, I've got two, we've, we have been on talking for fifty minutes, and I'm aware of that. Okay. Right. But yeah. rain me in. on that one thing was one of the videos that you made when I was very much in the pro, protocol with you. It was about you mentioned about colonics, and I did colonics when I first when I went numb from the waist down. I was like, what else can I do? I'll clear out my. I've heard that. Yeah, because I was that. so yeah. badly constipated for so many years and I'd read this book about the 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 bowel, I guess, the colon. Yeah. The colon, I think it was about. It's talking about caked on. They talked about pouring mud down a, a garden hose and saying that it would go, it'll go down it for a while, then it spits will coat and dry and dry and dry until it's like a tyre tread there. The colon, and I thought, oh, mine must be like that, disgusting. So then you have to pour water up it to to soften that and get, get it to it get it to come out. So I went and had colonics, and then I listened to you talk about it, and it was hilarious. And I haven't had one since because <laughs> I I did find it tra- traumatizing. The first time I've had now, I've had about eight of them, and in the now my diet's better, so it wasn't it was much less of an ordeal. The the most recent ones when I've been much Cleaner, cleaner eating. The first one, I was very sick. So the same thing about the colonics. You know, we, we get sold this story about and we're obsessed with cleaning out and, and scouring. But the fallacy of poo building up on the sides and all the rest of it is an absolute fallacy. So one, you're putting water, you're putting water into an area that actively removes water. Its job is to remove water. And you're also putting oxygen into an area that should never have oxygen into it so that increases pathogenic bacteria profile all the rest of it but i always say to people if if you're unsure if you think you've got this impacted poo and all the rest of it just get on and have a look at uh, you know go to youtube channels where they've got things about colonoscopies and all the rest of it and you have a look at them when they stick that camera up there and they're looking all the rest of it it's beautiful and pink and and mucusy and all clear and that's for people that are you know, uh, a pie-eating, you know, meat-eating, 20 years people. 
it doesn't stick to the side. The mucus is constantly coming up and regenerating. What they do when you have a colonoscopy is they say, right, we need to clear it out because when we stick that camera up there, we don't want to meet a poo. So what they do is they say for, you know, 24 hours before and take this thing so that it flushes it through so there's nothing. But when they put the camera up there, regardless of whether you've eaten, had been a celery juicer or a whole food plant base or meat for 40 years, all you are seeing is a pink, you might see scarring and, uh, you know, ulcerative colitis and blood and things like that. That's what they're looking at and ulcers and polyps and whatever. But you're not putting that camera up there and seeing an area that's got a big wad of poo stuck to the side. <laughs> it's absolutely impossible. It doesn't work that way because the, the colon is constantly from the outside in regenerating cells and, and it's coming off. So even if, let's say, a piece of poo stuck to one bit of the inside of your lining, in three days or four days' time or eight days' time, that cell has come off and died because every time you, pull, you poo, you've got old blood cells, you've got old bacteria or living bacteria and all these different things that come out with your feces as well as undigested food and blah, blah. So even if that poo did stick onto it, it's coming off. Like So we have this. And so I did it once because I, as a naturopath, I was like, oh, I want to see what it's like and what people are doing and everything. So I went and they stuck the tube up there and she goes, oh, look, you've got, oh, I'm seeing bits of this and bits of that. Well, of course there was bloody food in my colon. If you constantly got a food coming from, if they cut my stomach open, there'd be food in there. If they cut my small intestine, there'd be food in there. Because we eat and it's constantly going, it's starting somewhere and it's finishing and there's 24 to 72 hours as it makes that journey up. So, of course, there's going to be food in there. So people go and they go, oh, I did this clinic and she said there was this and there was that. Well, of course, there is. that's the way the bowels work. It's moving food through and out. But putting water and oxygen in an area, and but what happens is people do it and then they go, Oh, I felt clear. I did. And I did. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're removing the one or two kilos of poo that's in its journey of being there. So you feel lighter. And of course, it's, and, but what happens is it slowly, what happens is it, you have to keep doing it because it stops the normal bowel motions and it, it increases the pathogenic pro- profile. So what it increases is a constipated state. And it's, yeah, so what happens is then you go, oh, I had the I had the clonic, I felt light. I stopped and after about three weeks I was constipated again. So I went and did that again and it felt good again. So the more you do it, the more you need it because you are stopping the actual natural environment of that happening. And people pay all this money for these $100 colonic, 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 colonic where you it's again you're you're trying to fix from the top down that was like me going out to my sandy soil and think well every day i'll water it and every day i'll put sea salt on it it doesn't fix the soil you have to start from the bottom up you have to start from the gut microbiome up you have to replenish your your beneficial bacteria not through a supplement not through a powder not through a colonic not through anything except whole Food, plants that provide the fibre to fix it. And when, but we all wanted a quick fix. I, I, did, I did too. I was like, 
I haven't got time. Give me a peel. Give me a powder. I haven't got time. How much? $100, $200? Yeah, I'll do it. Same. I know, Damn it. Anyway. No, so before we hang up, because I want to say a couple more things. One more thing I want to pick your brain on is fats with hormones. Because I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends are going through get, getting to perimenopause, getting into it, our hormones aren't, we don't feel quite as balanced and yes. our moods are getting a bit affected. We're not losing weight as easily. We're just feeling like it's an issue. But, you know, I've been basically well, on a low, a low fat whole food plant-based diet now for a long time now there's some people there's a spectrum and let's not make this a a thing where it's like you can you know only people who are 100 percent all the time because there's people who are all in all stages of their journey figuring out what amount of fats work for them now we know i know from my my research and my my own self and working with people that I have on this show and in my life that the, the less for me is best, but hormones do need, healthy hormones do need a bit of Yeah, fat. but you still do. You have some nuts and seeds, right? And avocado. Yeah, I still have nuts and seeds and avocado but and hummus tahini a lot, but not, 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 I try to have as minimal, but then look, sometimes as we've talked about, I'm not a, a hundred percent perfect low fat whole food plant-based person because sometimes I'll be out with my kids and I'm, I'll, I'll have the odd, you know, vegan food that's got olive oil in it, even though I really I don't like to have it. So I have it as very infrequently as possible because it does make me feel very good and I know it's not good for me long term. So that's where I'm at. But I, I try to do it as less as possible, but sometimes you never know what happens. Life happens. and So I think when we say this low fat, we, we what I don't like the terminology about the diet. So I don't like diets. I don't like the diet. I think whole food, plant-based, no soil, no oil, did it, no this, no that, no that. I think they're very strictly. So when you say that, then people get fixated on fat. And this has got fat because I get that they go, what avocado, how many avocados should I have? That's got fat. And how many nuts? Oh, that's got fat. That's got fat. Okay, the really great thing about fat is that you can't have too much because it makes you ill. So if you have an avocado, if you had one, if you sat down, I've had sometimes like I crack a whole avocado, I put it out and I pour a tiny bit of balsamic video and I just eat it like that. You can't eat a second avocado because you feel ill. You can't. You, you could get a spoonful of tahini, put it in your mouth. You couldn't do another one or another one or another one because you'd be like, ooh, like that. The great thing about fats is it's got a mechanism to stop itself. You can't have more. So when we get obsessed with a macronutrient, how much protein, how much fat and all the rest of it, what we're talking about is all those extraneous fats, the, the stupid bloody vegetable oils and all that crap that they add to processed foods. But if you're eating whole foods, Sometimes I feel I grab a, a handful of macadamias and I think, oh, I want a bit more. But you can't keep eating them because you actually feel ill. The great things about fats is it's got a self-stopping mechanism when they're in their pure form, okay? Olive oil is not a pure form, okay? But even then, if you drank a teaspoon of olive oil and had another teaspoon of that, you couldn't do it. You would actually, fat makes you gag. It's very hard to keep doing. But fats are needed. So we need Vitamins D, A, K, E, they're fat-soluble. They, they require fat for, to, to be able to metabolise them. So we need a certain amount of fat. It's one of those self-mechanisms that you get used to. This is part of the awareness of it. So what people do is they get to that perimenopause or menopause state, they get that middle tyre thing and they go, fat, I'm going to stop all fats. 
this has got to do with the the reduction of estrogen and that the movement of hormones and that and fats are required for the movement of hormones as is in the isoflavones in chickpeas and things like that it again when we try and isolate one thing we come obsessive and we don't look at the whole picture so people go i'm cutting all my fats out but then they don't think about well Hummus is a beautiful thing to have. It's got some healthy fats with the tahini. It's got the beautiful uh, isoflavones. It's got the fibre. It's got all those things that are healthy. So with fats, it's actually hard to un- undo. What we're trying to say is get rid of the hot chips and the, and the you know, the cheese on that pizza that's full of that shitty, horrible, I mean, the fat's probably not even the worst of it. I mean, there's like other crap in there. This is what we're talking about. So don't worry about I had some hummus, then I had a hummus later and all the rest of it. You couldn't eat, keep eating hummus because you would feel sick. It would be too much I can for eat you. a fair bit of it's it, though, about, unfortunately, for me. So you do need fat. But I think what the, the whole food, plant-based, low fat is talking about, it's talking about don't, don't have any of those extraneous fats but have a handful of nuts and put some seeds on your smoothie bowl or on your salad or whatever and the body will absorb what it needs naturally so the body has different requirements every day based on your stress levels based on this based on that that sometimes you've done more exercise the body's requirements for protein to fix muscles it's greater it will take that from the food. It will extract it because we even poo out extraneous fats and proteins and undigested carbohydrates. Why? Because the body's not utilised it. So it says, see you later. Have too much vitamin C, the body goes, oh, well, we'll just put the excess out. So the body has an amazing way of taking it. You don't have to, if you start to be aware, you'll understand it, but the biggest mistake, I mean, I deal mostly with women, 99% of mine, I feel sorry for the poor couple of men that are in my group, they probably think shaking <laughs> out, but the, the, and women that are in that, you know, young kids probably in their late 30s, early 40s, right through to 60s and 70s, and when they when they stop thinking, they'll see the first week and it says maybe hummus or a second week, lemon cashew balls, like, oh, I'm worried mm. about the fat. And I said, stop it, stop it. And then they come to the end of the phase one and they go, oh, my God, my hot flushes have gone, my breast tenderness has gone, all the rest of it. Forget about your – I'm teaching you how to have little bits here and there in its whole food source. You're going to have a smoothie bowl and you're going to put – and they go, oh, they, they freak out, I'm, ha- oh, I'm having too much fruit. Someone said I should only have this much fruit. Someone said I'm this is. No, let's fix everything and let's help you understand your own I was body. one of those women about the fats. I definitely was. Yes. Definitely about the fats. So but I, I, but I, I, because I still, where you mm. came from, it was a dangerous fat. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we, we tend to glob everything into one thing. So people go, I take a protein powder. Well, that's not the same as protein out of. You've isolated a protein. Well, proteins aren't metabolised in the absence of fats and carbohydrates, but you've taken an isolate. So it doesn't work the same way. And that overwhelms the body's ability to break it down. So I, 
It's whole, whole food, food, whole food, whole food. Whole food. I, I wanted to, I've got so many things and I've already talked to you for 101 hour and seven minutes. But one thing I wanted to ask, because you've just brought it up, even though it's not the things I wanted to yeah. ask on my list, but you just brought it up about proteins and exercise. And my brother, hello, Stephen, if you're not listening, because I know he's not, he hasn't listened, but he it runs every day about 16 kilometres. And he's a string bean guy. And he's, he's getting in mid-40s and he's getting – He's having. He's always had a nightmare time sleeping. He has a very busy job, hectic life. He's plant based, but he's not. Wouldn't call him whole food plant based. But he said now that he's realised that what he's happening to him at night time. If he if he can't sleep, he finds if he eats protein, that's helping him sleep better. And so he had meat a couple of times, and he said, when I have a piece of steak. I sleep better, but you're talking about exercise and protein. So maybe he's just not have because the amount of exercise he does, and because he over exercises because he's running all the time, and he's also not a terribly relaxed person. So perhaps his microbiome, I'm sure, isn't very happy. And no, and you can understand the thing is, is that what he is probably, you know. So he's now having protein powder. Oh God. And that's out. that's helping him sleep because his naturopath making him have well, advised him to have protein powder to get his protein source. No, so protein powder. The, the, so the thing is, is that you can access. So having protein, accessing protein is the same thing. So protein only breaks down in the st- in the stomach when the stomach acidity has gone down. So what he's doing is he's feeling full. Is he accessing the protein? Highly likely not, because protein the you can, protein is not broken down if stomach acid doesn't go down to to that's why it's naturally absorbed from food. So he's putting in like you know people put it in a drink and scoff it down, then off they got. Now if your stomach acid acidity is not getting down to one point five to two then pepsinogen that breaks down with pepsin that breaks down protein is not being activated. It, it there's there's their digestive dominoes. There's so it's like the the washing machine lets out water first to rinse and then it does the next and then it does the next. So he's putting protein in. He'll be feeling full because protein is very full and and part of that is the comfort thing that people get and they go. Ah, I feel full and I sleep. It's not the it's the it's the fullness of the protein, but are they accessing those proteins? Well, I can't. I mean, I'm not inside his body and I'm checking, but I can say that I I get people off their protein powders and I say, okay, at night time, have some banana pennies, cut up some bananas, put a, a dollop of nut butter, sprinkle some hemp seeds, sit there slowly, enjoy it with a cup of tea. You'll sleep like a baby. A natural way. How how removed is it that we are buying a protein powder? And I don't care if you're saying, oh, but it's vegan and it's rice thing and that. Like, are you, has the world gone fucking mad? As I say, I just go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How much did you pay for that? And you're not, but your body can't, so you fit. You think by the process of paying for it and that the side of the thing says there's 20 grams of protein, you go, brush your hands, I'm sorted. Nothing could be further from the truth. There's that placebo effect, there's the fullness that it gives you and you think, oh, but quite often you'll see people that do all that high protein will start 
flatulence more, they'll have gut issues and all the rest of it. Just get some, you make a beautiful smoothie at night, some, put some bananas and chia. I mean, you can up a protein content but have it in a whole food so it is actually like metabolised. Like you taught us in episode one with Natalie about your put your cup of actual peas into the protein, which my which my husband's been doing ever since. Yes, yeah. Why would you? So if someone says pays $100 for a pea isolate powder, why wouldn't I just bought a packet of organic peas the other day, it was $2, and I put a quarter of a cup into my smoothie. Sometimes I do chickpeas, sometimes they're lentils or hemp seeds or chia seeds or whatever. I'm saving a fortune. I'm getting all the benefits of the fibre, the fats that are in it, very minimal fats, so the protein, everything. Talk about a win-win. Like, and that's the way the body moves. The body does not break down in the isolates. It's, it's, it just doesn't work that way. We are being sold this story that is just about making money from a product. There is, I always say to people, they go, oh, but why is that? And I said, because there's no money in a, in, a, in a bag of carrots. It's a dollar. There's no money in uh, chickpeas that you can buy for three ninety five a kilo. And there's no, because it's not a money-making industry, it's not mm-hmm. pushed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have to hang up. I'm I'm so sad. Oh, I know. I'm looking at my list. I've got hives and histamines and <laughs> iron absorption and thyroid issues. And what else did I have? One last thing. Oh, constipation in children because I've seen more and more people with constipated children. So they're not having enough fibre. They're not they're not drinking enough liquid and they're also having things that stop it up. So the same thing with constipation. It's about movement through the pipes. If you've ever had, like we've had a teenage daughter who bloody clumped her hair out and put it down the pipes, it stopped it up. So you need to have constant movement through the pipes. So if you're having foods, lots of grains and hard things and things like that that are stopping up the pipes, it's slowly going to move through. So... You know, kids, it's hard because, you know, you have to hide vegetables and things sometimes or they don't like this or whatever. So I, I totally get that. I work with a lot of family with um, foods, but we make things like, you know, a sweet potato quinoa thing and it's got lots of different things in it, but it's got a high vegetable content and pushes things through. A lot of this with kids is lack of movement, lack of water, stress makes it uh, makes them constipated. So kids are leading very stressful lives plus the food. Again, when you start going, oh, well, I'll give that kid a a powder to push through that, you know, so they're not constipated, you're not really – I know, as a parent, I know sometimes you just want this quick fix or something, but long-term you have to go. It's like I say to people, you can take a painkiller every day for a headache, but you're not addressing why you've got the headache. I get why you're taking the painkiller because you want to get through the day, but, hey, let's work on – getting rid of the headache so you never have to take So will the soil, I agree with you completely on that, will fixing the soil help with issues like fructose malabsorption? Yes, because the malabsorption is because the gut wall is permeable. So we call it, they call it, you know, aka leaky gut, but it's actually got a, a medical terminology which is gastric hyperpermeability. And what happens over time, so that high stress life and cortisol and whatever increases gaps in the tight junction, eating bad foods, makes, and it makes it more permeable. And so you 
it doesn't absorb food and so you become intolerant. I often get clients that say to me, I don't know, one time I have it and it's fine, the next time I have it and I bloat and then I have this and I can't pinpoint it with the food. But it's because that the stomach is hyperpermeable that it's becoming intolerant to different things at different times. If we fix it from the outside in, so we fix from the soil up and that every single one of those cells is beautiful and plump and gorgeous and the tight junctions are fixed, then the inside of the stomach is not permeable. Okay. So, yeah, it's every single one of these things. But see how we're trying to dissect one thing? We're trying to go, I only want to fix that. So I want to fix my leg and I want to that, but I still want to do everything else. And I'm not, it's not me. I mean, like, you know, I had, we went down to the Windsor Hotel last night. We had a vegan pizza, a glass of wine. I'm not a, you know, smoothie eating. So, well, and I think that is perfect. I think my life is absolutely beautiful, perfect to have a glass of wine, to have a coffee, to whatever. But I'm not sitting there swilling bottles like I used to or having the pizza and then the next day a Chinese and this and this and this and this. We're talking about food for the soul. Health, healthy food. This was a beautiful. It was a it was a vegan pizza. Had you know uh, macadamia ricotta cheese. It had eggplant and this, and it was be- it was gorgeous. And a glass of wine, and it was a beautiful night. That you know, I sat with my husband, and though he was snorting and that because he's got a bit of a cold. But yeah, you you people have got to understand. Stop this diet mentality. Fix it. Fix it and keep it, and it's a lifestyle. And I know people go, oh, so when I finish, can I have? I said, forget about what you can. Just feel the journey and you'll get it. So when you take your leg out of the cast, go for a walk. If it hurts too much, don't walk as much. Use, use your brain. Absolutely. So, Natalie, where can people find you to work with you? Okay, so nataliewoodman.com uh, is the place. And uh, I, like I talked to you before, uh, I'm – going to be releasing a package soon that is accessible to anyone anywhere whether they want to work with me or grab the package and do it on themselves so stay tuned for that that's coming out uh towards the end of the month beginning of next month that it's people can guide themselves through this journey and when they want to reach out with help for me they don't have to actually work with me but i will give them all the tools of how there we go Bloody hell, that was easy. Shop, cook and eat. That's good. Um, but with all the information. So take as much as you want or little. And this allows people to move through at their own pace. So I've got, you know, the the you know, the the regime where they yell and scream and kick ass and coach people. I've done that <laughs> one. I've Great. There. Okay. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, my friend's scared of you. And I'm like, oh, please. (laughs) You can be terrifying, but I actually really love that about you. And I was talking to my girlfriend about about, well, Josh and how Josh Lajoni and Howard Jacobson have been on this show. And I said, they're such great coaches because I'm I like to be gentle, gentle, you know, I'm so but Venus Williams doesn't want me to say, oh, Venus Williams, you know, you're going for that Wimbledon champion, but I know you're feeling tired today, so have a little nap. That's right. She doesn't doesn't want that coach, you know, but Josh gives you that coach that says, just, you know, if there's no, if there's only Twixes on the flight to 12 hour flight you're on, just fucking don't eat. No, that's You know, you don't have to eat the Twix. Don't eat it if you don't want to eat. And he gives that, that, you know, he didn't say that exactly. I'm just explaining that he's just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sometimes, 
there's no food available and you don't have to have a hissy fit about it. You just have to go, okay, well, it's, what is it, four hours I have to wait till I get the food I can eat that's good for my microbiome or that's good for my health and that I know is good for me? I'll wait. But whereas I might, you know, I, I like that firm approach because for me, I find with my own coaching clients, I tend to be, oh, you know, you're having a rough time. <laughs> you know, I'm a bit more gen, I'm a bit more gentle, gentle. Yeah, people, people pay me. Um, you know, I, I, I say to people, you know, it's not so much that I'm passionate and I'm passionate about your health. And you've walked into my space and you said to me, I want to lose 20 kilos. I want to get rid of this. I want to do that. And I, I no, I'd be, I'd be lying if I'd say, oh, okay, yeah, well, don't worry, lay down, or you don't have to, oh, yeah, eat that if you want to. It's not a big deal. I have to say, when I went to a personal trainer and I said, look, I, want, I said, you know, I've had three kids, my stomach looks like something, you know, it resembles chicken skin, and I want it. And he said, and I was doing sit-ups and I was doing this thing, and I said, oh, no more. And he said, I don't care that he said no more. Get down, do this. Oh, and he goes, you told me you want this. This is what you need to do to get there. There is no other way. So, but how I'm sort of re-sort of doing it is just so that people can pick. If you want me to kick your ass, I will, and if you don't, I won't. But anyway, nataliewoodman.com. Yes, I love it. I love what you do, and I love the way you – for me, I need a bit of a ball breaker or a uterus breaker <laughs> in my – in. Yeah, uterus. uterus breaker, yeah, a boob breaker. I call it boob, boob breaker. breaker. Boob I need a bit breaker. of a boob breaker. But it's important. I think it really helps for me, but I love the way that you go about your work, which is why I'm so glad to have you back on the show. Thank you so much. Last but not least, three biggest tips for anyone who wants to try this lifestyle or you're a protocol or whole food, plant-based, fibrous foods. So the, the, the thing is, is about adding in, forget about taking away. So if you go, so rather than going, I'm giving up coffee, I'm giving up alcohol, I'm giving up this, Add in things. So when you come home and you go, oh, I'm going to grab that wine, I want you to add in something different. Add in a glass of water, add in going for a walk, add in doing, having a cup of tea and all the rest of it. And that pushes that bad behaviour out so that you generally when you do those things, you have a cup of tea, you have a glass of water, you go for a walk, you come back and it changes that next step. So at work about adding in, not taking away at first because when you feel deprived, it gets you, whatever you can't have. You Absolutely. <laughs> so don't just add in. Um, always make sure that there's something um, alive on your plate. So that's fine. It's winter. Um, I'm tonight going to have the sweet potato. Um, I'm going to cook this beautiful sweet potato in its jacket, but guess what I'm going to have live on it? I'm going to make the pico de gallo, which has got the raw onion, the tomato, some jalapenos and guacamole. So always, so try to look at something alive in, in, in a day, not necessarily even in one meal, but in a day. So you might have a cooked stew at night, but have a look at, oh, I'm going to have a salad here or whatever. So the, 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 the body gets... It, works with a bit of raw, a bit of cooked. You don't have to be a raw enthusiast. You don't have to be a cooked enthusiast. Look for that balance. And then the final one is is just, which I know is a joke from someone like who's wildly right, like up here saying it, but take time for nothing. Take time for nothing. It, God, give yourself a break. Be lazy. 
sit there. I know a couple of weeks ago I had a crazy schedule and I thought, stuff it. I am going to sit here in the middle of the day and I was watching the Suits episode, the new episodes of Suits, right in the middle of the day. And I, as I was watching it, I felt guilty. I thought, oh, I wonder if someone's looking at me and I wonder if, like, I wonder if my husband can see that I've got Netflix on in the middle of the day and he's going to think I'm not doing anything. And once I got over all of that, the rest of my day was beautiful. And I know people have got different sorts of jobs in and out of the home and whatever, but the the tip is bring it down. Our lives are up here. They're like whirring. They're like a crazy roller coaster. Get off the roller coaster. And if that means curling up in bed for 10 minutes or watching Netflix or watching some, you know, RuPaul's Drag, drag Race, I don't care what it is, do sweet F and just be nice to yourself. I think that's such a great tip. And my my brother, who I just mentioned, to the other last night I was t- re- recapping my camping trip with their kids over Easter that I took them by myself to Confest and four days and it was hell on earth. And he said, Corinne, sometimes, sometimes are you too Corinne even for you? And I said, oh, yes, I totally am too, Corinne, even for me. So that's right. Do nothing. I should have just done nothing with them. I, have, yeah, I should well, have done nothing. I'm the same way, Corinne. I have to give myself a break from that because I tell you what, she's so <laughs> She does my head in. She I'm does right my too. head in. So I have to get Nat and put her to the side and do this. And, and even Nat's over on the sofa looking at me going, wow, I can't believe she's doing nothing. This is just that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Give everyone, please, give yourself a break and just understand it, it, you've got a long time on this earth. And, and doing nothing on. so important. For, let's, let's, let's think about doing nothing as doing something for our good guys in our gut. Exactly. And you know what? We need it so badly. So it helps our our do-everything brains feel like we're still doing something by doing nothing. <laughs> it will improve your digestion no end. I say to people, before you're making a meal, take a meal, sit down, watch something and then, you know, relax in some way and then eat, the difference will be unbelievable in your digestion. You, people have said, oh, my God, I just did that and I didn't even bloat. And I'm like, yeah, you know why? Because I said, you know, uh, it's CFD, you know, you calm the fuck down. That's what you need to do. <laughs> thank CFD. you so much CFD <laughs> everyone thank you so much that's okay you're welcome thank you so much Natalie for coming on the show thank you all so much for listening that's www.nataliewoodman.com check her out thank you for sharing thank you for spending this time with us today it means absolute world to me to have you listening and tuning in each week or however, if this is your first time, thank you for tuning in this one time. If you haven't yet subscribed, I put out new episodes every Monday slash Tuesday in Australian time. And I think it's Sunday slash Monday in everywhere else time. And yes, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I absolutely loved it. Thanks, Natalie. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Bye.